Buds, we are two 20-something-year-old women fresh out of college and fresh into all things work, life, relationships, and self-appreciation. As we find ourselves, we hope to provide a space for others to join in on our takes on life and the process of making sense out of the nonsense. So welcome to our podcast, where we make the grass a little greener, because here, we, we grow, grow together. together. All right, so we're going to do our week a little different this week. We're going to highlight um, some roses and thorns and good, good and bad things about our week, Morgan. So can you tell us a little bit about your week and do you have a rose and a thorn? Well, guys, I feel like this week was actually pretty good. I started off, um, what did I do this week? That was my rose and my thorn. A rose. I got to talk to somebody that I met on LinkedIn who works a job that I would dream of doing in the future. So it was nice to get some insight from her. Um, and just having like another black woman to be able to talk to was really nice. So that was my rose probably. And then my thorn, um, my thorn was, I'm still working on time management. I feel like I'm still kind of just trudging through the day instead of really having tactics to finish by the day. So that's always my thorn until I get that together. What about you, Taya? First of all, I'm over here snapping, snapping, snapping at our networking queen, which is so good to hear. So I love to hear that for sure. Um, I would say my rose was probably that um, at work, I had like my midpoint for my summer for my internship. And I was told that I'm on track, which is good. Like, and I got a really good review from my manager, which was super important. So hopefully that influences my full-time offer, which is good. Um, and then my thorn probably is still related to that. Like there's still another four weeks that I need to get through <laughs> and a final project that I need to deliver. So that's definitely a thorn. Cause even though, you know, good midpoint, you're still panicking. Cause I still got work to do. So We'll definitely say that. So that's really nice. Um, and we're going to get into the title of our series for the month. We're so excited. I'm so excited. I feel like last month went by super duper fast. Got a um, yeah, but it's time for a new topic, dude. Like I'm ready. So the title of our series is fill in the blank support group. And the reason we chose this title is because if you need a reminder of what the current climate is, you know that everyone is fighting for their lives. If you woke up at least one time this week and said, what the hell is going on? Say I. I. Is keeping a happy face through it all starting to feel harder and harder? Then this next series is for you. Each week, we will continue to add different identities that make up Tay and I as individuals. Today, we start with Gen Z, but stay tuned as we reveal more and more labels that help identify us. Our goal with this series is to acknowledge the many hats we must wear to basically just keep the image. Even though we may make it a, may make it look easy, we're hurting. So grab a chair because we need to talk. That was good. That was great. I love it. So Gen Z, let's get into Gen Z, y'all. So this was news to me because I go back and forth with my boyfriend all the time on if I'm Gen Z or not. But I am, and Morgan is too. Gen Z qualifies as 1997 to 2012. So Morgan and I are just making it. We are 1999 babies. 
So no matter how badly we want to rep millennials, because obviously, and I, I just feel like they honestly get a better rep. We can't do it. We're just in that boat. So here we are. And um, we're going to cover some things that we're struggling with as Gen Zers, some labels and some different things uh, today. So the first one that we're going to get into is managing information overload. And we're going to get into that in a little bit more detail because that's pretty broad. So I just kind of feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Morgan, we have too much access to information. (laughs) I always, that ever since I seen a tweet that was like, we need to know less about each other, about the world. I I can't get out of my head because we do. Yeah, I think it's too strong. Like, I really feel like and this is this is very unique to us. Like, obviously, we are not the first generation that has had like access to technology like that's still millennials and even a little bit of the generation before that. But it's definitely like. It has advanced a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um within our generation, definitely like 97, if you just think of 97 to 2012, like how much technology has grown in that specific period of time is like absolutely ridiculous. Like, (laughs) and I was just thinking the other night about, I was looking at stories. I was just clicking through and like, I was, you get the kind of blurb, especially if you get a story that comes from like the shade room or something like that, which is not real news if you really want to get into it. But, um, we only see that little part of the story. So like we're only seeing fractions of each story versus our parents and generations before that. You get a whole news hour that's gonna give you the key points of a story and let you know all you need to know versus social media makes it so easy to to only pull out the parts that are gonna be the most click worthy, I feel. Yeah, and that's like- How the news is given to us and how we like intake the news. Yeah. It's tailored to us. So I definitely feel like when this, I would definitely say this is a more extreme kind of dramatic example, but um, I can't remember exactly what it was called on Netflix, but it was like that documentary about social media. I think it was called the, so I don't think it was a social experiment, but it was, it was something, it was about social media and it was like, very much so pulling on your emotions too, while it was also providing a lot of information about social media. So it really got like a lot of, um, there was a lot of like debate on whether or not it was like accurate, which I feel like it was accurate, but then because there was so much kind of drama put in there, like pulling on your emotions, that it was almost like, "Eh, I don't know if this is like a very accurate representation of where social media is going. One thing that I do think that they covered correctly is the fact that the AI systems, like, and we're not here to get too technical and just literally talk about say you put the that. AI out. <laughs> but no, period. But it's important because AI is literally in every single thing that we do. Like the reason why you dang near look up like. I don't even know, like yellow dresses at at this place. And then you see a yellow dress ad on Instagram right after that is because of AI. Like it's all related. Like, and that is one of those things that I'm like, this is a little scary. Like my phone is knowing me better than I know myself. (laughs) Yes, It's following me. It's, you know, people say all the time, it's listening to me. Sometimes you won't even search something and your phone will already predict it. The app 
I mean, not the app, the documentary tells you about how like apps can even track the people's data that are around you. Right. So then that even takes it a step further of like, if someone else is searching something on their phone, that'll get tracked. So then if that ad is popping up on your phone, it's absolutely crazy. That was in the right? documentary too. I thought I watched that. Maybe I didn't. It's a good, it's a really good documentary. I still feel like, because obviously like they were interviewing a lot of people that used to work at social media companies. And a lot of them were like, yeah, we had no idea that this was going to happen, but it did. And so like, now we just kind of sitting like, what are we going to do? Right. right? It's like a know. scary time of, it's low-key kind of helpful. Like sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like, dang, like I low-key am looking for blah, blah, blah. And then it popping up, it did just help me find what I was looking for. But the fact that I could just say something out loud and then it just pop up on my screen. Like I didn't ask Siri or ask something to look that up for me. That's scary. Exactly. So it's a, it's a, pro- but I thought for some, like, have you ever, I know you don't get on Snapchat, but I think Instagram might do it too of like when you download the app again it will say oh like this app is asking to track and then you could yeah. say that's not to track but it's still gonna track you like what's- yeah I think I personally have no idea how that really works but I do think that even if you say ask app not to track I think it's still tracking because from what I learned from that documentary too is that like there just aren't enough laws that have been developed yet at a federal level true to control social media like even the laws had no idea that they that the internet was going to grow as fast as it did. So they're very, very, very behind. I'm like start super behind. Conditions, because that's yeah. my problem. That's the thing. You got to start reading terms and conditions. Gee, they gonna say we have the right to your left leg in the terms and conditions. We would know. Period. I didn't sign my life off. <laughs> we that's wouldn't true. know because we're not reading all that little print, and they make sure to do that on purpose. Nobody's reading that. We live and are in a generation that's very instantaneous. You yeah. press I agree because you're just ready to get to what you're trying to look at, right? So, right. But then I, I think also, too, I took this law class. Why? Don't ask because I don't know. But they were talking about how a lot of this stuff kind of builds up to censorship, too, though, because it's like, yes, you want these laws to be in place to be able to kind of filter certain things from happening on their app. But then that can flow into what we're allowed to post and what we're allowed to say and do, which is, is you know, a debatable topic because you yeah. need app to be able to like run their app completely and tell you what you can and can't do on there. Yeah. It's and not- I'm so glad you brought that up, actually, because that was definitely something I was going to highlight when it comes to just like information, like. There are a lot of just as much as if we say we don't want censorship, which is fine, like that means that the hate groups and the racists and the people that are like destroying communities, like they have every right to not be censored as well, too. And so I think that that's the line that they're teetering on right now at the moment is that like these black market sites and like these hate groups on Facebook and these different things exist where it's like breeding people that are thinking that white people are going extinct or like, like going into certain places and killing people off of certain beliefs that they're finding on their social media. It's like, right. Very, very, there is a very dark side to this. I feel like it's like, yes, it on one side, on one extreme end of the spectrum, the internet is rainbows and sunshine, right? But then I think that we're starting to see more rapidly the extremely 
dark side that's on the other end of people that take that media and just do whatever they will with it. And then you also have to understand the aftermath that comes with that, which is now we have to see it. Right. So it's kind of like a vicious, like crazy cycle of like somebody is using media to feed whatever interest that they have and they, they can find it because it's going to be out there and then they find it and that feeds them to do something super crazy. And now we also use media to broadcast that event and the world gets to see it. So it's, it's like just layering on top because we yep. with like the surface deep of like you say you want ice cream, the ice cream pops up on your screen, but it goes even deeper than that. Like I have an opinion that let's say I don't like Idaho. So I keep saying that. So then now they're showing me all this Idaho hate instead of yeah. like, you know, it's just yeah. like very particular to like a for you page is not just on TikTok. It's literally every social media platform yes. showing you what's for you. What do you like? Yes. What, what are your opinions? What are you going about? How are you going about the world? Yeah. And that is like, that was pretty much the, the bubble up of the documentary at the end was very much like when we allow people to only have media that caters to them, it can breed just a lot of different like sheltered hate groups or just groups that don't have any vision outside of what they're being fed, right? So you're being fed very specific media that media that you've tailored to yourself. And then now you're not going to see anything else. So when you go out into the world, you're taking those beliefs and those things with you. And that will cause friction. Like that will literally cause you to go out and interact with individuals or do certain things or make decisions that could be bad or dangerous or whatever. So it really sucks. And I definitely feel like it's a huge consideration to make when we are battling like older generations that have not gone through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about just us trying to carry on with our lives and just be regular functioning young adults, I can't even imagine, quite frankly, like honestly, like, I cannot imagine how it is going to be for like the younger children right now, like super young, like elementary children that are growing up in this and oh like, my goodness. and like, ever, cause me as a young adult, like we said, like I'm fighting and I'm struggling to still live my life. When I know at my fingertips, I have the access to see what is going on at any part of the world. Like I can see yeah. If there's like people starving in other countries, I can see what's going on in the war in Ukraine. I can see what's like, I can just see every single thing, but yet I'm supposed to get up every day, still go to my job, still walk my dog, still, you know. But (laughs) I do want to say, I think Gen Z in particular, in our age frame, Gen Z, so like the 20 and up, we have something that our parents and this new generation don't have of that in-between time of like, we had the beginning where we didn't really have social media, phones, all that kind of stuff. And then we were fully immersed now in our later years, high school, maybe even a little bit of grammar school of having social media. But I see both because my parents, like they'll get on social media and, or just Yahoo News and believe everything they see on there. Like, mom would tell me something that I'm like, girl, that's a scam. That's not real. But she'll be like, what? It's on the internet. And then yeah. I have my brother who, like, he is fully immersed in the social platforms and he, like, identities and beliefs come from there and solely from there. Like, he's not 
talking with friends about what's going on in the world is talking on, about it on social platforms. So it's weird living as a Gen Zer who has like, we're not fully immersed, like how my brother's age, my brother's 15, 16 now. And then our parents who are like in the 50s, 60s, like we have a weird middle ground that's hard to identify. Yeah, it is. It is its own set of knowledge, right? Like we definitely have our own set of like expertise in this area. And so that's why it's always interesting to see how we're going to take that and use it. And then also how the generation even behind us is going to take that and use it too. I think that a lot of people look at us, um, which is kind of transitioning actually into our next um topic of like struggles that we're going through I was gonna say I think a lot of older generations think of us as like extremely empathetic almost too empathetic sometimes Mm. because we see so much and so we're starting to attach ourselves to a lot like it's harder to detach yourself from problems that are going on for example like the George Floyd situation like the whole world didn't live in Minneapolis but you were just extremely attached to that happening because we saw it in detail for those entire eight minutes like we saw what happened so it almost it it feels like you're right there right so it's like you you empathize and you you attach yourself and you start to feel like like that could have been somebody that I love that could have been my dad that could have been my uncle that could have been like you know and so exactly and I think that definitely goes into the next one too which is if you want to you know introduce that one Mo but Yes. I kind of got ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good transition. And it's also kind of transitioning into the comment that I wanted to say. But our next topic is about prioritizing our mental health. And it's very difficult as we're going through social media and it's so fast tracked. I can click through my story or go through my timeline and it's like, I'll see my friends out to dinner. I'll see another friend's birthday. And then I see something like you were saying of the George Floyd video all within a 30 second swipe frame. Yep. And mentally, can we keep up with that? Like, can we keep up and can we categorize like going from happy to sad to mad to it's like, we're switching moods within each swipe, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. Yes. And I definitely think I can relate to that because I that actually just happened to me the other day. Um, the footage of the uh, Uvalde shooting got released from like what was going on inside of the school. I don't know if you saw that, but like someone had reposted it on their stories. And so I, once again, I was doing the same thing, clicking through stories. Some people are on a boat. Some people are, you know, posting a food and then you see this and then it's like, wait, what? And then you just you see what they were doing during that time. Now you're infuriated. And then you're like, okay. But then you just like hesitantly keep clicking because you're like, I don't know. Like, what do you do? What do you do with information? Yeah. Go to therapy. That's what we do. Yes. (laughs) That is the answer to that. We go to therapy and talk about it because it did our minds right. Okay. It needs to be talked about and shared though. Like I think the next step after we do internalize these things because they are going to be internalized, it's just inevitable. We have to either have a conversation with trusted friends and family or really go to therapy if it's really affecting us day to day. Like mental health days are a thing now because we see the importance and how affected we can be by the world. Yeah. 
And so I definitely think I would say Gen Z is prioritizing our mental health. It was a conversation that I had had the other day where um, I was talking to an older uh, family member and it was really just like, she was like, I just, she was like, I really empathize like with your generation, but I just like cannot relate. Like when I was growing up, we really just got through it. Like we just... We sucked it up and we got through it, right? But then I'm noticing that with you guys, it's very much like there's a lot of emotion there and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of, um, what was the word that she used? Like pressure. She's like, it seems like it's an immense and crazy amount of pressure that you guys put on yourselves that I've never seen before. And I'm like, really? that is so true. Like, but like where are, and what, what is creating that difference? Like what is breeding? Like I have to stop myself sometimes from always blaming like technology and social media on, like on everything. I don't want to be that guy, but sometimes I am that guy, but I am still trying to figure out just outside of that. Like, what is it that's making us always feel like we cannot fail, like we have to be perfect or we're putting this pressure to whatever school, work, whatever, just Honestly, appearance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> y'all gonna figure out real soon. I'll push everything back to slavery because I believe <laughs> Black people have been... Hey, wait, I wasn't expecting you to go that far back, G. Yes, we're going all the way back to slavery time because it. We're, going, we're starting there because each generation had a different effect from slavery. And I think that our effect is like, we are honestly the first generation that has opportunities that our parents and our grandparents and our great-great-grandparents could never even think of. Like, mm-hmm. we are, like, making money. We are able to travel the world. We are able to do a lot of things. So it might just be a back-of-the-head pressure that we don't even realize of, like, we're afforded opportunities that we never thought we would see. So yeah. what do we do with that? Like, where do we... How do we not disappoint? I'm trying not to disappoint my ancestors. That's basically what the, the, the tea is. Yeah. And that actually is very, very true. Like now that I think about it, it's like, it could feel like potentially I have all of this in front of me, right? Even when we just talk about like the access to freaking Google, like I have all of this in front of me. Like I have more tools that I could possibly ever need to succeed. And like, I still find areas that are worthy or like, I still may complain or I still may have pains in one area or I still may have like things that I don't like. When in your mind, it's like, my ancestors didn't have nearly this much stuff and they wasn't, they wasn't complaining. It's like you said with the overload, it's mentally that effect. So your brain is always on, always moving, always thinking. I literally will get up and be like, I should get a certification. Like, I'm not getting enough certifications, but it's like, I'm in school, I'm in work. But it's just always thinking, like, it's access to it. So why am I not using what I'm, what I can access? And then social media, like you said, you don't want to blame everything on it, but they're an added weight of like, you should be in tech, you should be doing this, you should be. So now I'm like, what should I be doing with all this? Yes. I want to use it right. And it tells you, yeah, it's telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Because then you got a lot of people too. We got LLC Twitter 
cop cop that be like, <laughs> you shouldn't be working for the man and you shouldn't be working at no nine to five. And it just, it's like so many different. And then you see so many different avenues or areas or like so many different paths that you can yeah. take because now we literally see there are people that are making millions of dollars from their homes. Right. And that's not work from home. That's, exactly. you know, making TikToks from home. Right. We're seeing people make millions that way. We're also seeing people, though, make millions in corporations at 20 something. OK, maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands. OK, not for me, look, <laughs> and it's still a lot. Right. It's, it, that's a lot to me. And so we're just seeing a lot of different paths and a lot of different ways that we could go about this and it's like it almost makes your brain want to explode right or and the closer that it gets to you which also connects to social media the closer that it, it gets to you the more you may feel like one it's either attainable or like why is it not happening to me so if you could see something like this happening to someone you went to high school with or like yeah somebody you grew up with it's like we had the same background you do that? We in the same neighborhood like we got the same stuff why didn't this happen to me and you may start to ask yourself and just kind of get getting your own head which I feel like can lead to a ton of mental health problems because comparison is just seriously the thief of joy that's like the best um quote that I've heard, but it really, it really is true. Like the longer you get, yeah. The other night about just kind of going back to mental health and like um, comparison. I see on social media all the time of like people that will share their mental health routines or just like what they're doing and what's working for them. And it makes me think of like, I don't know, is this beneficial? to show your personalized mental health routine when mental health is so personalized, like it's so different from person to person, or is it better to just like share the resource? Like I get split between, I'm trying to think of an example that can that can share what I'm trying to say. Like, let's say you have like super, bad anxiety when it comes to flying and then somebody posts a social media post like real about what they do to like help themselves when they fly Mm -hmm. this could in the person's head like okay I'm gonna try this but I feel like if they try it and it doesn't work that's another point of anxiety of like why is this not working for me like why why is why are you calm when you do this but I'm not like something wrong with me it's something whatever like how do we deal with that Mm -hmm. um seeing people's mental health journey and like they're getting better you're happy for them but then also realizing that it might not work for me yeah and I think that that's something that can also kind of highlight the downsides of like broadcasting your mental health even though it's it's never a bad thing to bring awareness to it I think we're we're in a very progressive state right now in the discussion like when we're talking about mental health But I also feel like that is a very, very valid point, that that's something that can definitely happen when you broadcast those types of things. So it's a fine line because you, in social media in general, you just put the information out there. How people are going to take it and internalize it is completely up to them. So 
you can put out good, good vibes. At least you think. <laughs> right. I mean, there's always going to be that one guy that was like, this was just so out of touch and awful and crazy. Why would you say something like this? And then you're Girl. like, wait, what? Like, I and thought it's I was not for a bad it. thing because what they show, like for every one person that doesn't take it and it works, it's one person that it does. So it's yeah. always good to show what it is. But just from person to person, that thought process of like not feeling like a failure if it doesn't work for you. And that's with everything that we talked about with jobs, with mental health, with whatever else people are showing, like it might not work for you. And that basically yeah. is hard to grasp sometimes because why not? Like what, yeah. what makes me different? Why am I not being able to cope and learn and do these things too? Yeah. And that just that disclaimer of knowing that. And I think that can kind of also like, if you take that and, and just depending how badly like you internalize it, it's kind of just like, it can get, it can get a little out of hand, but then, like you said, for the people that do take it and it does work for them, that typically tends to be the majority. I think the the biggest thing when you're doing something like that is just not selling your methods as law, like sure. making sure that as you're saying this, be like, this works for me. It may not work for you. are doing a good job of, to be honest. Yeah. I haven't seen something yet that I've been like, you're trying to say, unless it'd be like, it'd be some people that do, but most people are very like, this is what I do to calm down. This what this is what works for me. You should try it if you're still searching. Because it is mm-hmm. a process. It's definitely a process. Like, I have been in a process, for sure, trying to figure out what does my mental health journey look like for me? Like, what is going to assist me in being better? Because all the things that we've covered today, I feel like I've gone through and I really feel like I would hate to make a generalization but I do think that there are a lot of Gen Zers that could be like hey yeah that's happening to me too comparisons happening to me too and information overloads happening to me too like I feel like this is definitely one of those things where I'm trying to figure out what that looks like for me and I feel like a lot of people are because we have once again a lot of information yeah and we're trying to figure out what to do with it and how to make everything tailor everything to us um it's hard being an individual it's hard being an individual (laughs) (laughs) I feel like back in like I hate to say back in the day but I feel like before me and before my time like it just might have been a little bit easier to be an individual when you just didn't have access to what the whole world is going through it just seemed like it was very you knew what the next step was if I'm not like tied down to anything, I don't know what the next step, like I'm just living every day for me, making sure mm-hmm. I, uh, making sure I eat, making sure I, you know, pay bills. So it's yeah. Not. And then we don't have a, as seamless going into the third one, but did you want to cover what our third topic is? Yeah. And, and now that I'm going over these, I am kind of realizing that with everyone, social media can attach itself to it. But right, we should have said Gen Z and social media. Um, yeah, we should have said Gen Z and social media because social media, they go hand in hand, honestly. Like they it's can go with, yeah. yeah, they go with any of these. So um, I think we can just categorize Gen Z as social media. Like we just are that era. Like that's just what Sadly. we have to deal with, with every single thing that we are going through in life. Like social media is attached to it in some way, which is so crazy to think about even work. Like 
you have a literal social media for jobs. My job is social media. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely true. So the like the last one that we're going to talk about is um, we're strong on cancel culture. So we've been holding people accountable, period. Love to hear it. Kind of hate to hear it. Yeah. Nobody's getting past us. Not me. Not I. So I look. How do you feel about cancel culture? First off, I think that's the let's set the basis. Let's set the tone. So I think cancel culture has good intentions. <laughs> let's start with that. I think they I think they have she's gonna be the one. She's gonna be the glass half full here. I can tell because I'm about to complain. So oh, <laughs> I think they have good intentions and I think that they had us in the first half. And then somewhere we just kind of fell off and dropped the ball. Like cancel culture was, it was strong at first. And some, in some areas, cancel culture really has changed some things. Like it has been, it's strong enough sometimes to really make some changes. You got people that really can end up losing their jobs just because of cancel culture. But I think it still falls short because obviously like, that person may lose their job, but are they really going to stop being who they are? I don't know. Doubt it. No, I agree. I think cancel culture is good in theory of like canceling somebody who is doing something cancel worthy, whatever that may be, or like, yeah, most of people. But I think where cancel culture is lacking is like I don't think we really have established what the definition of the cancel is like especially when I think about artists and we'll be like oh no they're canceled and it's like you can listen to them in private but you can listen to them in public or you can go to their concert but like it's very person to person I choose how I want to cancel them Mm -hmm. versus if we just kind of pull what the person did and said, I'm going to cancel you being abusive to women. Like, I want to make sure that everybody knows I do not support anybody or anything that is abusive to women. Mm-hmm. Calling out the action, I think is the most important part. It's just making sure that we understand. Because sometimes I'll hear about somebody and it's like, they got canceled for what? And it's like, no, nah, we canceled, da, da, da. But really making sure that we're attaching what this person is being canceled for we're calling that out so I can know like okay well at least I know I don't support somebody who abuses women or whatever the case may be right so I think where I'm getting like confused is like how does that look though in like everyday practice like if that person has been called out for abusing women right and you are saying like I don't support people that abuse women that technically would mean that you don't support that person then right true I think more so my mindset is that celebrity wise we're big on canceling somebody so like we'll say we don't support whatever the celebrity insert name is and like cool but that like you can only go so far of not supporting a celebrity like yeah 
they are already kind of at a status where like it's going to take a lot to knock them off the pedestal. Yes, if they do something, want to hold them accountable because we are the people that are buying the tickets and buying the whatever, but also realizing that like celebrities are kind of in their own bracket of the world sometimes versus day-to-day people, day-to-day things. It's like, we can't say we cancel this big mainstream celebrity who's doing whatever bad thing, but then in our day-to-day lives, it's like, I'm not canceling people around me. And you know, actually what this just made me think of, which is like so extreme, but I feel like it's kind of a, a good comparison still is like, I think cancel culture mainly exists once again, because we have a platform to broadcast it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because if back in the day, if you in your personal life was like, I don't mess with Hitler, he canceled. That man still was killing thousands of people. Right. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't have stopped. And what like I said, Hitler is a very extreme example. But that did that does not stop like that man's power. Like if you in your house is like they may have came and found you, but still it's like, I don't like, I don't like this horrible person. I don't like this president. He canceled. He's still gonna do like. That's why it's it's too late. It's dangerous. We need to kind of start looking at it as like, it's too late. Like, we can't cancel somebody who's already like, they're they're here. And it's like, yes, I'm not saying we're just going to let them slide and be like, oh, okay, like Hillary killing people, whatever. But it's like realizing that the impact that we may have on the situation is less than if we were to be in our community and cancel people that we can also like get our hands on, like not fight, but just saying like, we could actually see the impact of canceling them. Yeah. Like the influence of it, because no matter how many people, like it depends on the the stature, obviously, like how, how much power that person has. If I said, I don't like Jeff Bezos, he canceled that man's still making billions. Like, it's just one of those if we things cancel that's him like, today, it don't matter. He already if we cancel him today, it wouldn't matter because it's just gotten too far. Like it's, it's gone too far out of hand, which sucks. And yes, I feel like there are like little things because it's, when you were saying like celebrities are at too high of a stature to where you can't really hold them accountable. Like the first thing that came to my mind too, was companies like companies also are known for getting canceled. I know for prime example, there was a racist situation with an employee and a customer at a Starbucks and like everybody was canceling Starbucks, like Starbucks is canceled. They don't have any. um, Yeah. It was like Starbucks is canceled. They don't have any racial development, like training programs, whatever, whatever. So then Starbucks came out specifically and they said, yeah, so we agreed to shut down this Starbucks location for a day and train all of our employees on racial inequities and blah, 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 blah. Do you know how many Starbucks locations there are, Morgan? (laughs) They said they closed down this one Starbucks location and, and made this group of employees go through a racial equity training. Like, Okay, but like Starbucks though, like let's talk about the actual entire the corporation. Actual... It's not getting canceled, G. Like they're like, gonna how do... are we going about canceling them? Like, is that just meaning that we're not going to start drink Starbucks anymore? Because a portion of us who care about race aren't, but like everybody else who's still willing to do that is gonna drink it. So like, 
what is what's the most effective way to cancel where our voice is heard because us just saying yes. i'm not gonna drink starbucks no more that's a personal thing that yes that's good for you to do just to personally feel satisfied but like that's still not gonna impact the brand enough where it's like they really gonna feel a hit exactly and i think that that is a big a big question to pose i once again i don't want people to hate us um so i don't want to come off as I am not pro cancel culture because personally you can do and support and not support whatever you want. But I also feel like as a collective, it's just really important to start to figure out like, what is, what are the ways that we can really hit people where it hurts? And like, where are the areas where we can make the most impact? Right. And I would definitely say like in a more positive lens, in some ways, not all. Um, like for example, the Black Lives Matter movement was like, I think it was good. Like it was good in some ways and it was like bad in other ways. But I think for the good side, it did really like open up a lot of conversations, at least at the very least. It got some people talking. <laughs> yeah, least talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it at least got some people to talk about it. It at least got people to tune in on the news. It at least got people to pay attention to what was going on. And I actually, and the reason why I say it's kind of bad is because I kind of hate when people are like, you know, like after the George Floyd, like now we're putting all this effort into DEI and you know initiatives yeah. and this and that and this and that when. George Floyd is not the first black man to pass away by a police officer. And he's not the first person to get broadcasted while that was happening. Like that has happened multiple times over before social media was even a thing. There's a black man, Ronnie King, going through a whole situation with the police. And that was on the news, right? So it's like, that's not the first thing to ever happen. And yet corporations are still like, oh, now we're doing we're fighting the fight and we're agreeing to open up the conversation and da 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 da, da when this is something that's going on. For going on. So yeah, it's like, what we're like inching to is that cancel culture is just a piece of the answer. Like exactly. it's not wrong. It's not saying that we should stop cancel culture and it's not effective, but that's one piece of the bigger picture of how can we make the impact, like you were saying, make the biggest impact with what we're feeling and what we yes. change. It's, so like, it's yes, a plan. Like it has to be laid out. And it has to be like that had me thinking about um, this most recent, like Victoria, Victoria's Secret and Fenty have been like neck and neck when it comes to certain things, because it's just Fenty is clearly like the spinoff of what we wanted Victoria's Secret to be. So it's just going to, you know, always be conversation there. But they just recently made a campaign which was more inclusive in look and feel like of the color of the people but then also the shapes and sizes of the people and in the comments i'm like oh so is everybody like they're gonna be happy about this now like how they feeling and in the comments it's like this is performative you guys are making they made the lingerie they said look less sexy because it's supposed to be inclusive mm-hmm. so it's like i think companies are scrambling Yes. To figure out, especially just coming from a marketing lens and like what companies usually ask for. It's like you don't want to be the company that people look at and they see anything wrong with when it comes to discrimination. Like you don't want to be the company yeah. that they see, oh, you're not inclusive with size or disability or color. So you're trying to be all inclusive, all encompassing. But I think there's a way for companies to still stay in their identity of like 
like Victoria's Secret's always going to be sexy, but find what works for you and how to naturally incorporate diversity within that. Yeah. And I definitely think that that's, that's something that Gen Z has been labeled as like, you like you guys are never pleased like we can't like that the older generation is telling us we can't please you guys there's always a problem there's always something wrong well yeah because y'all been living with problems for a real long time and y'all we are the first ones like we're not gonna take the bs of y'all faking something just right like a box we're not going to not address the elephant in the room when the elephant's been sitting here for decades okay like if we have to be the first ones to be like Hey, elephant, you've been sitting here for a while. We finna call your ass out. That's that's just what is being done at the moment. And now it's, oh, we want to, we we can't please you guys. And oh, we're scrambling and oh, we're trying to figure out a whole, but well, maybe you should have a fire under your butt. Maybe that's how it should be. <laughs> maybe these celebrities, like, you know how many celebrities back in the day got away with abusing women and like taking advantage of them and like, all types of crazy stuff that was going on and power stature whatever like yeah okay cool even if we don't have the power to take away your income like we people will still buy your tickets which is a lot of like celebrities comebacks it's like I don't I don't care I'm still making money though that's cool but you're gonna continue to get embarrassed and no, really. <laughs> like we still gonna be on here and we still gonna be embarrassing you every day ha ha look at that you remember him Every time somebody pop up and they did some embarrassing stuff, it's like we still ain't forget you did this. You, yeah, because we on your we on your tail, like we are, and that's why it's definitely like cancel culture is just one part. Like we need to also bully. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You said bring shame back, bring it back. I'm kidding, but we need to at least be more assertive of our opinion. Like, yes, you're still probably going to walk through this world and still make the money, still do whatever, but we want to make sure that we acknowledge that we understand and we know what you're doing, though. Like, that's never going to be forgotten, and especially if you come to a platform with these companies, with these celebrities, you come to a platform and you read off a apology letter. You read off, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you have to be more authentic. This generation is really, 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 really pushing companies and people to be more authentic. Like when it just comes to being held accountable, we want to hear an apology that actually came from you. Like not yes. a PR team, not somebody who was just sitting there writing, but really like understanding what you did wrong and we seeing something different. And that's also what I want to ask. Like, do you think that cancel culture can be reversed? Like, can you cancel somebody <laughs> and then you they uncancel because like they really were sorry? I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think what God they can. <laughs> what you say? I, I think what God they can. They they God will forgive them. You said you got to handle that. You got to work that out with God. I think that is true, and I think that that actually is still, even though kind of a joke. Like it is a really good point that we don't have as much control or power as we think we do. And that's another, that may be like also a downside of Gen Z of all the stuff that we just said. There are a lot of people that I feel like believe have like, like we are not that we are God, but like, we just think that we have a lot of power, like, and it, yeah social media can do that to you. Like you literally have people following you. Like we call people subscribers and fans and, it's and it a mess. Like so, I made you. Like I did this. Like yes. Like I am your. 
I am your fan. I give you my dollars. I come to your concerts. You work for me. Okay. No, really? <laughs> it's serious. Okay. It's serious. And you feel like this is up to me and my control. And I feel like that can sometimes take us over the deep end because once again, people do have the right, obviously, like to apologize and try and say like, oh, I'm going to change. And then that's up to God. If you know, they getting into, they look, I don't know if you're getting your ticket, but I don't know if you're getting your ticket, but then that's also just, it's a very hard question to answer because for one it's case by case. And for two, I feel like it's up to you. If you personally feel like that person has changed or you see their change. And then even for celebrities, it's so weird. Cause it's like, quote unquote, see their change, but we don't know. Right. I personally. was going like, to say we don't know that. If they're changing. Like, like they were saying that Travis, know. yeah, Travis Scott is working really hard to like be this like family man and like come back and be super nice and quiet after everything that happened with the concert. We don't know what Travis Scott is doing outside. Like, we and just know when he shows himself to the cameras, he's acting a certain way. He's laying low. Like, he got some sun to shades on. Yeah, like he's laying low. But behind closed doors, we don't know if that man feels bad. We don't know if he even cares. We just don't know anything. What he's talking about. Enough. And that's why level setting of like, you can apologize and really, really, really mean what you say, but you really can't make anybody take the apology and like actually be receptive to it so it's like if you do uncancel yourself I put in air quotes I think that's a personal thing that yeah would just have to be you want to get right because you notice what you did wrong versus a I'm gonna do right so that everybody can be on my side again because you would just have some people that like and it really is if it's something that's really traumatic or a personal story to somebody they may never forgive you like that that's just part of life like even just the regular day-to-day me you whoever is listening it's like people not going to forgive all the time. Like you'd have to do what you're going to do for you to be a better person, to try to, you know, be better. And especially if you have diehard fans, you low key for celebrities, I feel like there is a a push of like, you kind of got to get better for them because they never going to leave you. So at least be better for them. Cause like, they not leaving. They buying the tickets, they doing all the stuff. You just want to be we're not saying you have to be a role model, but you got to be, acknowledge your, your, your stance, your stature. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we'll never know. Isn't that so crazy? I was going to say, isn't that contrast so crazy? And it, it is kind of like a full circle moment that we started off with. We know too much, but then we also don't know enough. So right? it's oh really crazy to see that we're being overloaded with information, but it's still chosen information. You do not know these people, even the people that you may grow up with that are posting whatever on social, those are still their highlights. You do not know them. What I don't care. <laughs> and like just thinking people about are how showing many people their we highlights. really say we actually know. Like, who can I really speak for? If somebody asked me, like, oh, how is he or she? Who could I really speak for? It's very, very, very few. Like mm-hmm. That alone just shows you how big this world is and how like Gen Z, we are shown like how big the world is and that's scary. But when you just bring it down to like your day to day and who you actually encounter and who you see, it's pretty small. Like 
that and gives it, me comfort a little bit I'm not gonna lie because yeah it almost kind of feels like we are unfortunately but kind of fortunately like we are the test dummies like we are I'll figuring it that. out right now so that everybody else that comes after us can we can be like okay like this is how you navigate this next era right like our parents I feel like we're at a loss because they were just like they tried they don't know like we can't even instruct you because this is just so vastly different from what we did I don't necessarily think that what's coming after hopefully I'm I'm not I'm not wrong but I don't necessarily think that what's coming after like for our kids or our younger siblings is going to be so vastly different to the point where it's like, okay, we can't help you. Exactly. Just at least when it comes to technology. So I, I think that, holograms or something. yeah, right. It, it's <laughs> always, everything's a possibility. We're already in talks about a metaverse and I have no freaking idea. <laughs> I don't even want to engage. So right, I'm like, we can't even, that's a whole topic of it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna be like, no metaverse is allowed in this house. My kids cannot get on the metaverse. It is not allowed. So I'm about to bring the Wii back. Look, yeah. I get back to the regulars. Yeah, and I just feel like it's going to be, it's a lot different. And I feel like hopefully moving forward, like we can be these test dummies on not only reshaping, like what, like we said, celebrities, companies, whatever, like it is hopefully serving as like a rebirth or like a regeneration of like moving in the right direction, right? Yeah. We should have been moving in the right direction. But like, if it can, if we have to continue to shake things up in order to get people to continue to move in the right direction, I do not, I do not mind that. Generation and I'm gonna tell my kids that. I'm gonna tell my grandkids that. I'm gonna be like, I put this world on my back, and it was in my phone, <laughs> and I put it on my back, and I was changing the world. I had to walk with seventeen miles to work <laughs> for, for you. Yes. No, I agree. This was this was beautiful. I feel like you're you're getting more of our personalities more and more each week, honestly. I hope so. I really hope so. And I also hope that we can start to reach a larger audience. I hope we can start to reach more people, people that want to listen to us, ramble and babble for 45 minutes to an hour. And hopefully too, um, we'll just continue to, I don't know find new things to talk about, find new things you guys are interested in. We need likes and ratings and reviews really, really, really badly. Like, really Look, badly. We need to so, eat. Yeah, we need to eat, y'all. And we would like, coming in. <laughs> yes, we would like our podcast to pop up on Spotify or Apple Music without having to search the entire title. So. so that's all we have for you today. In order to make sure that we keep growing, like, leave a review, and tell a friend. Bye.